Watch that! Watch this! This is the heavy, heavy monster sound! The nastiest sound around! So if you're coming off the street, and you're beginning to feel the heat, well listen, Buster! You'd better start to move your feet to the rockinest, rocksteady beat of RC and Muse! We're going off! I just gotta give you a quick follow-up from last week because I failed to do the research when we were talking about the Ninja Turtles. I looked over a vital detail. As influential and memorable the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game is that would eventually become Turtles in Time, the eye-catch screen where it's a little demo, you know, insert your coins now. The thing that's supposed to get your attention, they're playing fucking Pizza Power. Pizza Power, applying salt to the Pizza Power, all that alright. A song we didn't even talk about. <laughs> One thing that I wrote down that I forgot to mention in our review. So, Pizza Hut sponsored the whole thing. Pizza Hut, you can get the tapes, you can get the VHS, all of this. They don't name drop Pizza Hut in the Pizza Power song? Just go for the gusto, yeah, you're already paying for it. Might as well get your name in there. <laughs> the biggest missed opportunity. I cut it out of the final edit of the podcast because, um, because I was wrong and I did some research while I was editing. I was trying to make a point in how it's the Ninja Turtles, they've got a badass theme song, why wouldn't you feature the Ninja Turtles theme song? It could be a licensing issue. Maybe they didn't have the rights to it for whatever reason. But I remembered that Power Rangers did live-action shows and Pokemon did live-action shows, and they both have badass theme songs too. So I was like, well, those live shows have to include the theme songs. Neither of them did. The Pokemon stage show is essentially like the Ninja Turtles one where all the songs are, you know, listen to your heart, do what's true, all the, those fucking nonsense, empty lyrics. It's basically the same thing. The Power Rangers show, however, they don't do songs. They just have a lot of fight scenes, and the music is essentially the like the music that plays during the fight scenes during the show. I would take that, like a choreography show that's just like got some fucking blazing ass guitar solos. You know, I'm here for that. I wouldn't hear that Pokemon stage show. I remember when I was a kid, I like everything Pokemon, so of course I want to see that and like having that feeling of like, oh, I'm missing out if I don't see that. And then like, I remember seeing a little piece of like, you know, the actual thing and then a little more being like, you know, I don't think I'm getting FOMO here. I don't I don't think I've got the fear of missing out on this one. <laughs> no, just corny as hell. Like, oh, I think I'm good just watching the cartoon. The Professor Oak might be his dad. Like, what? Oh! <laughs> so either Professor Oak or, or, or the main bad guy. Oh, uh, Giovanni. Uh, Giovanni, yeah. And it's like, why would you even introduce that? That's not... <laughs> I don't understand cryptocurrency at all, but uh, I'm looking at this headline. Oh, the thing about Kings of Leon. Kings of Leon will be the first band to release an album as a... NFT, which stands for Non-Fungible Token. 
becoming the first hey. band to ever do so. Is this like a U2 thing where it's like, hey, look, that <laughs> band that a lot of people liked from a couple of years ago is doing something with technology. That uh, that should be a pretty big fucking deal for rock music, huh? Please, please care about this rock musician's album. <laughs> the band is actually dropping three types of tokens as part of a series. Uh, people involved with the project Hell Rolling Stone. One type is a special album package, while the other type is a, uh, live show perks like front row seats. Wait, 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 wait. Is the album only available, like, in a coin form? Like, you have to get, like, a certain fucking program in order to decode the thing and fucking play the album? Like, if it's like that, then I'm like, okay, that's pretty gutsy. Like, did, like, Mega Man do some shit where it's just like, oh, I released an album that's only on, you know, N64 cartridges or something like that? Where it's like, oh, oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> you know, that, that's an idea. Worry not, fans of Kings of Leon. The album oh, will no, be released. Explain it. The, the album will be released <laughs> everywhere on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Amazon. On, but there's but the special limited edition with the perks is the uh is the cryptocurrency edition so if, you, if you're a layman you know if you're a pleb who just wants the album yeah, and nothing more yeah <laughs> you could just go to itunes like 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 regular i just saw this uh, this paragraph here uh NFTs previously had a relatively underground following made up of djs and producers i believe it uh, but these digital tokens have gone mainstream in the last year, as many musicians sought out additional revenue streams in the concertless era of the pandemic. The likes of Portugal the Man, Friends of the Podcast, Sean Mendez, Grimes, and Linkin Park's Mike Shinoda have gotten on board in recent weeks. So this is the wave of the future, Darren! Cutting edge! Dude, I don't even know how Bitcoin shit works. Like, I'm just gonna admit my ignorance. Maybe I'm the only motherfucker who doesn't know. I just, I just didn't click on that link when, when that went out uh, on the internet. I don't fucking know. I just don't know how the shit works. It's just like, oh, so with, with currency over here is like, but when you make it digital, it, it, it so it's like a farm that reproduces the. I, uh, you lost me. I <laughs> give me a country that has currency already in it, and, and I'll work from there. Okay, I don't, I don't want to do this extra shit because then as soon as I fucking get into it, the goddamn rug's gonna be pulled out. It's gonna be like, actually, this was illegal all along, and everyone's going to jail. <laughs> Here's the part of the show where I want to discuss it slightly, but I realize that if I do, the comment section is gonna be nothing but people trying to educate us on cryptocurrency, and right, I don't no. care that much. So <laughs> right, I, I don't wanna. Not right <laughs> now. I don't wanna do it. <laughs> it doesn't feel like the appropriate uh, avenue <laughs> for. It. I'll just say that. So let's quickly run over here and talk about <laughs> the first album of the week. It That's is right. most tasteless. No space in between the words. Or, or mo most t most to tell us or. Most tasteless? <laughs> Most tasteless. Requested by Melvin Shaman Sheeman. Yeah. And uh, if you want to request an album to be viewed on the show, head on over to our Kofi that is ko-fi.com slash going off limited spaces are still available. I've never listened to Twisted before. My impression of Twisted was always they were the... Um, We've got ICP at home. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Where it's kind of bootleg. Diet ICP, you know. Like, even, like, their face paint thing is just, like, an all-white thing. It's not really, like, a clown per se, you know? Like, if, if you really wanted to go, you could say maybe, like, it's like a mime thing, you know? 
Psychopathic has a whole lineup of different uh, characters and stuff like that. So you've got killer clowns, you've got whatever Twisted are, you've got a rapping scarecrow, you've got a literal zombie who's actually featured uh, on this album, Blaze You Dead Homie. You've got Axe Murder Boys, who I believe are Native American. So it really is like a wrestling fed where you've got all these different gimmicks all running around. And since ICP are big into wrestling, it kind of makes sense. Yeah, but the issue is, all they talk about is the same shit about just killing people and shit. It's just like, okay, how many times can you just make this song over and over again? And the thing about it with ICP is they're ridiculous and over the top. And, like, don't take themselves seriously. And sometimes that can be, like, too much, but at least it's a personality. With this, this is, like, toned down insane clown posse. Like, all the kill, kill, murder, murder shit and the hip-hop, you know, sampling shit, but, like, without without the goofiness. And so that makes it even more, like, kind of unnotable in that respect. I'm gonna put it to you like this. I think it's a good, uh, it's a good give and take of specific ICP aspects where... One thing I really do enjoy about ICP is their uh, their humor, their kind of, like, random references they'll make, the absurd imagery uh, they'll paint up, the, um, the kind of otherworldly stuff they'll bring to the table. Again, wrestling references at the wazoo usually, so I appreciate that. You don't really get that with, um, with Twisted, but Twisted brings... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? I don't want to say legitimacy, but that's the word that comes to mind. Like, I think Twisted is a more easily, uh, easily accepted, uh, more kind of mainstream approach to ICP. Like, it's, it's more Eminem than ICP. Like, I could imagine these guys actually having a legitimate hit like, in that late 90s new metal period of, like, yeah. okay, this would fit in with everything else, because it sounds like hip-hop, but they're not, you know, being absolutely wackadoo and talking about, you know, uh, I'll spin your head in half. Like, they don't do a bunch of onomatopoeias and super wacky right. shit. They still say, wha- like, weird shit, but it's not as wackadoo as uh, Violent J and Shaggy do. And, in fact, it, it's, like, kind of really uh, laid bare, their differences on one of the tracks on here, where it was, like, him... Uh, like, it was, uh, Twisted, and then there was, like, a Latino rapper, and then you hear Insane Clown Posse's flows, and you're like, oh, wow, this is what the difference between them is. Like, they just do a whole bunch of silly, wacky shit and ideas they were thinking of, but, like, it, it Twisted sounds like they actually, like, wrote down verses, you know what I mean? The absolute worst song on the album, in my opinion, is She Ain't Afraid. Oh! It's... <laughs> their... F- their six-minute-long jokeless sex song that starts with a full minute of porn dialogue here's the thing because we gotta we gotta do the runner that comes into this song right because what comes before this song is like this semi-interesting song called how does it feel which has like this like really heavy like bend in the beat like this really stomping drumline i'm like yo what the fuck like i'm actually like feeling this shit like they've been doing a lot of horrorcore shit and it's like yeah it's either hit or miss but this actually feels like it has like the sort of like driving thing like oh this actually sounds like this could be on like a soundtrack for rob zombie movie or something like that you know what i mean how does it feel kicks ass and might be the best song on the album which makes it so funny that it that it's right before the worst one yeah 
And so, like, we're getting to, like, the last verse on the song, and he's saying shit like, we're going hunting vampires with a 9mm, a soul's blessed by Mary Magdalene and St. Peter, eat a bit of flesh, but I call it the host, and my dad alive and just a ghost. And you're like, whoa, what the fuck, where are they going? I'm hoping, picture insanity, but I'm not feeling so sane, got a migraine headache, my stomach hurt, and then, like, you just get the sharpest needle scratch. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, like, cuts intensely. I'm like, oh, God, what's going to happen next? He's saying my stomach hurts. Like, oh, oh, is the beast coming out? Is something intense going to happen? No, it just sharply cuts to, like you said, the porn skit. Where it's like, oh, yeah, I'm trying to get some ass. Yeah, and it goes like, oh, I like getting my face fucked. And yeah, uh, who wants to tap my ass? And just the most sleazy sounding skit. I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing? What is this? What's happening? And yeah, it gets a song and she ain't afraid. The very first lyrics are like, let's get high and just fuck. I hit you till you bleed. And we can just blame it on the weed, little freak. Oh, no. What's happening? I don't want to hear that. Where's the fucking creativity I've heard on the album up to this point? They just fuck. Are Juggalos this hard up for baby making music? Right, like that this, that this will fucking pass. Like, does this get put on? There's one point in the song where he kind of like does it, like, oh, turn the lights down. No, I'm turning into Mac mode. But it's just like, uh. like, even as a joke, it's just like there's no jokes in it, so it doesn't even work as like the when they're that insane clown posse song where it's just like another love song where it's like, bitch, I'm knocking at your toe. Let me get some Ned. No, like it's at least like over the top enough where it's just like, okay, this isn't actually trying to seduce a chick. But like in the lyrics, right before he starts, he's like, oh, I'm actually about to switch into my Mac shit. It's like, oh, are you really? <laughs> Is this Mackin'? Which brings me to my next point. Ned, right? Yeah. So, ICP's go-to slang is Nedden. And I always thought that was kind of silly. That was before yeah. I heard She Ain't Afraid, and I heard what Twisted's take on that was. Pink fun. Pink fun! Oh. <laughs> it came up twice, and I was like, wait, is that his word for it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me get inside your pink fun. Like... It's been a long time, Darren, but I think we finally have a rival for that pink. <laughs> that pink? <laughs> that pink. <laughs> Fucking pink fun! Okay. Did I ever tell you? I used to uh, I used to joke with my friends and we'd be, I don't remember why I said it. It was something about someone being interrupted and like they were going to say like, that pink pussy or something like that. <laughs> and you're like, you're trying to get some of... That pink, and then he like <laughs> punched before he can say it, you know. Oh sh! That pink. <laughs> you tried to get some of that pink. Pow! <laughs> and, but then it just became a thing where I'd be like, "I know what you're doing. <laughs> you're going over to that house to get some of that pink." <laughs> what I also just realized is that not only does "How Does It Feel" come before. Uh, one of the worst tracks. It also comes after one of the worst tracks in Meat Cleaver. Meat Cleaver is the track you were talking about before with Misery rapping way too fast for the yes. beat as if it didn't sound right. And ICP bringing their, dare I say, D material where yes. they realized this ain't worth it and didn't even fucking try that fucking guest verse was goddamn trash.
I don't know what the fuck. Like, the, the Latino dude at least kind of got interesting halfway through when he started throwing Spanish in, and I was like, oh, what's happening? <laughs> the other track I gave a really low rating to, which won't be a surprise, is Murder, 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 the third actual song. I'm skipping the skits, because they're not skits. It's just... Not, what the fuck was that intro where it was like, twisted! Look. People being killed! Ah! These fucking haunted house sound effects, soundtrack <laughs> disc. Yeah. I'm going to fucking Scarowins. What's this? Ah! Oh no! And the thing is, they're not even like that guys like that. They're not even on that insane cloud over the top level. So I was like, where is this coming from? What's so funny is... That, yeah, the intro really set my my expectations, like, into the fucking dirt. But then secondhand <laughs> smoke and die, and die, motherfucker, die, I was like, okay, I wasn't going to expect these, but these actually aren't fucking bad, like. There was some cool sample flips, like the, the, uh, what was the one, it, free your mind, and secondhand yeah, smoke, that, that was that like secondhand weirdly, smoke. yeah, that was weirdly unexpected, but it, they kind of put, like, a little filter on it, made it sound really smoky, I was like. Okay, yeah, I see where you're going for here, you know? They got some really good production on this yeah. album. The fucking beat in the sample and Die Motherfucker Die is really dope, too. Mm-hmm. Besides the, I'll just go ahead and say it, random as fuck homophobia in Die Motherfucker Die from Madrox. nowhere. It comes out of nowhere. Um, Right after that, though, I think, I think this might be the only section I quoted on the album, but... Yeah, I, I just wanted to read this off because I was surprised by this. The um, the president is prejudiced against you and me, and he's taking half our money, and he's chilling tax-free. And if he asks me, that's another smack in the face. We need to burn the White House and piss in his face. And every judge should do a minimum of 20 to life. If they can dish it, they can take it. Tell me that ain't right. And every cop should be beat like Rodney King. Non-stop from the summer till the turn of spring. Shove a donut in their mouth and a badge in their ass. Because the pig get no class, they get their wigs split. I was like, holy shit! What the fuck? <laughs> Fucking uh, class uh, revolutionary warfare on the on the behalf of the I was <laughs> I was not fucking expecting that shit. That came out of nowhere, but I was absolutely for that. God damn. We do got to address the elephant in the room. Yes, uh, namely the fact that uh, these are white guys, white rappers who ain't afraid to use the N word. Oh, you can't tell them what to say. <laughs> At least they didn't jump out the gate with it, you know. Like it, they didn't do like the first verse, like "Yo, what's up, buddy?" You know what I mean? Like they buried it deeper. It was just like, "Oh, I just say it like an everyday word." What? Like I'm saying, motherfucking bitch. What? Like I think they say it in just about every song, which is amazing, yeah. especially because ICP have made it a point. Yeah, to even on use this the album, phrase, they don't say it. <laughs> To say ninja instead. Yes, That's their word. So they went ahead and specifically have a designated word to say instead. And Twisted were like, no thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, because we're down with the culture, you know, and the inward part of the culture. No. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> Apparently, they slipped uh, Violent J a demo of three cuts. And I don't think any of the three cuts have the N-word in them, uh, which is which, which is telling. 
Huh. <laughs> and on the song where they have ICP on as featured guests, they don't say it. Huh. <laughs> and also the track with Blazy a Dead Homie, which I who I think is black. I don't think they say it there either, which tells me they know it's weird. Yeah, right? <laughs> or they would just say it and be like, yeah, what of it? But apparently, like, yeah. they realize it's kind of fucked up, so they know when to not. So it's just weird. They know when to dial that back, I guess. Yeah. But speaking oh. of ICP, mm. we got to talk about one of the ballsiest moves on this fucking album. Oh, which track? They do a cover of First Day Out, which is a track from ICP's first album from 1992, Carnival of Carnage. Huh. And dare I say, because I went back and listened to it afterwards, they fucking killed it. Like, they took the skeleton of the original mm-hmm. that had, for 92, if, if, you, if you've heard ICP's first album, <laughs> the production is, is uh, it's a little <laughs> jank. Yeah. yeah. It's podunk. <laughs> it's got more modern ICP production on it. And they took the lyrics, made some noticeable improvements, bumped up a lot of the uh, a lot of the lines, made them funnier, and really did like make a whole new song out of it. The whole basic concept is the same. Uh, I'm I'm out of jail. I call my friend, looking for a girl to fuck for the night. Uh, she takes me home. I meet her parents. I steal the dad's car. We're fucking. That's basically the song, and it's the same here. But yeah. a lot of the parts where ICP kind of, like, you know, fall back and it's a little lazy, they'll actually kind of fill it in with more lyrics and more funny joke lines and came out to be, I thought, one of the best tracks on the album. Between First Day Out and uh, How Does It Feel? Those got the two highest ratings for me. Yeah, how does it uh, go, go into that one? Uh, I just absolutely hated the the ending hook where it's just like first day out and I got my nuts. Yeah, it's like, it sounds specifically like Violent J. It sounds like he's in the middle of jacking off with how intensely oh. he's like first day out and I got my nuts. It's like stop! Oh my god, why did that have to be the thing you guys landed on? I do hate that, and I hate <laughs> that they carried that over from the original. Like they probably should have just probably should have just got rid of that. Yeah, and you know they they have a couple of uh, uh like storytelling horrorcore tracks on here, right? Like that one and the one before murder, 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 where it's like, oh, you know, I got my knife out of my belt and I jabbed it in her stomach again and again, and you know, now she's screaming like I care. And but like at the end, like he, it's about him like killing his daughter or something like that, and it's like, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> What's so weird about murder, murder, murder is apparently Twisted were in a group before in the early '90s around the same time. ICP started and this track was a holdover from I want to say 93 because the producer is listed as being a member of that group and they thought it was just so good that they needed to include it on this album and I didn't I don't think they should have because it's not very good um it's the only song that's like explicitly really like super uber violent like they they don't really go nearly that hard for the whole rest of the album. 
it threw me off because honestly, like they sampled Method Man at the beginning, like the murder, murder, murder. And what it made me think of was the song, uh, is it Serial Killer? By uh, Method Man and Red Man that they did. where And, you know, Method Man and Red Man are the more, you know, clearly more comical, jokey guys that just talk about weed. But they did a serial killer song and it was actually really fucking good and really funny. Because there was a part where he goes like, uh, he talks about running into someone's house and starts blasting off a gun. But then, like, you see a bunch of uh, people turn around and go, happy birthday. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so the joke is that he, like, fucked up a fucking uh, surprise birthday party. Like, that's a good fucking, sh- that's a good fucking birthday. <laughs> you know and so like so just hearing this like immediately making me think of like oh whoa we're gonna be doing like oh talking about real intense murder and then ter- for what this turned out as it was just kind of like oh, all right it's just about killing specifically a woman but <laughs> like it was like what is it it wasn't a particularly interesting story beside for the fact of the twist at the end of the first verse of like oh he killed his daughter whoa, whoa okay that was unexpected i guess yeah it was specifically like oh my wife cheated on me so i'm gonna kill and I'm gonna kill the guy she cheated on me with, and I'm gonna kill their dog too, apparently. And then I'm gonna, then I'm gonna kill the kid. And I was like, all right, we've heard this one before. Like, oh, you don't give a fuck, <laughs> you know? Ooh, it's like I've heard Eminem do this basically over three different cuts, and they're better songs than this. The songs that I like the most are, uh, like we said, the, uh, "How Does It Feel" because of the beat. And I gotta say, eighty-five bucks an hour made me laugh a lot. <laughs> I was just about to ask you about eighty-five bucks an hour. That was the only song I had heard uh, before listening to this album because it was on some compilation albums, and mm-hmm. I was like, holy shit, 85 bucks an hour is on this? Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, I do like that one. Because they're so clearly freestyling. They're so- just fucking around. Yeah. Yeah. And it catches you off guard and it's like, you're making me laugh right now. This is the ICP that I like, you know? Like, you know, it doesn't have to be the greatest thing in the world, but like, just catch me off guard with some weird shit and I'm fine, you know? You might say, my vocals are up too loud, so I'm gonna turn them up loud and I'll piss you off! What was the first uh, lyric? He's like, I'm Violent J, but my homies call me shithead. But that's my homies, see you, it's Violent J, bitch. I put my boys on a track even though they suck. Yo, dog, I'm Dave and I don't give a fuck. Reditions of Reality was alright. I do kind of wish they would have ended on 85 bucks an hour, though. Yes, because that song actually, like, plays to the strengths of how ridiculous they are. But then to end it on, no, we're making a serious song now about how I have, you know, this turmoil in my life. You know, I'm a, I'm a troubled man. And then... It, like, cuts out for about five minutes to silence. Oh, you got a bonus cut. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed, like, the first couple of seconds just with how yeah, Violet J comes in with, like, the, since you're too fucking lazy to turn this shit off, we're going <laughs> to give you another fucking uh, thing to think about. And I was like, okay, that was kind of funny. But the fucking story that he tells is oh. so dumb. <laughs> and s- <laughs> it was just like, as soon as I start listening to well, this motherfucker had a, a huge ball bag, and him and his friends would smoke weed and jump on the ball bag, and, and his pants split, and he found out his friend had two anuses. They're like, I don't fucking care. What is this? Like, it's so puerile and fucking immature. It's like, who the fuck is laughing at this, you know? Uh, so and so had two ball sacks, and he had a thirty when he got his call, and it was just like I don't. This doesn't mean anything to me. I walked away giving this a three. How about you? Uh, I gave it a two. I can enjoy horrorcore. I can enjoy it, but you have to be doing something, or else it's just like 
okay, yeah, sure, it's different from just talking about flashy chains and flashy cars, but it's still the same vein of it's only one note for so long without any variation to really make it pop out and stand out, you know, from track to track. You know what I'm saying? Up next, we've got late registration by Kanye West requested by B. Angelo. That's right. Um, this is, uh, what, the fourth album, fourth or fifth I Kanye think, album we reviewed yeah. on the show? We're about halfway through the discography at this point, I want to say. And this time, we're going all the way back to the second album, Late Registration, the breakout hit, Gold Digger. You know it, you love it. I'd never listened to this album the whole way through. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. So Mm. this was my my first time with this one. Um, Man, I think this is kind of a misstep. For Kanye. Oh, no, you weren't feeling it. It's got its moments. I got to say to Nano, my brother, uh, at least for the most part anyway, uh, I think, like, a lot of this was, like, caught me off guard with how surprisingly solid it still, like, was after all these years. Like, the way he transforms the samples and uses them for the beat, it was just like... I was really kind of going like, yo, he's really doing some shit here. Like, and just the fact that like the first three tracks were like all hit songs. Like I had forgotten, like the very first track was heard him say, and that just caught me off guard because that was one of my fucking favorite Kanye West songs from just how like, from how sweet and just like comforting the beat sounds. You know what I'm saying? Like with the little, uh, the little flute in there, the that that little toy box flute always touches my goddamn soul. You know what I mean? And so I was like, I was like, this is a fan of this track one. Hold on, I love this song. <laughs> I think it's so funny. We we start with Wake Up Mr. White by the incomparable Bernie Mac. Uh, rest in peace. <laughs> you stole in my class. What you doing, boy? <laughs> and then we go into heard him say. I thought to myself, this isn't the kind of tone I'd expect the album to start with. Just from, like, the other albums I've listened to. But I still, I really do love that song. I think it's great. The beat and the piano sample and even Adam Levine on the hook sounds great. Right? The only song where I'm like, I like this person's voice. It was a real solid, sweet-as-hell groove. And then it just hits with Touch the Sky. I'm like, that's what I was expecting. <laughs> right? Okay. <laughs> the way it fucking does it, too, is like, gotcha. <laughs> but I was like, oh, okay. Holy shit. And it's one of those things where it's like, when you listen to the original song that sampled where it came from, like, oh, yeah. the song is so goddamn fast. It's like, oh my God, I can have a heart attack trying to dance to this shit. So like... <laughs> Slows it down a good bit, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, and you can feel the grandness of the trumpet part, you know what I'm saying? Like, Fucking it's hell. It's so cool. And, and it's like, the song's all about like, you know, his life story and how he got to where he was. And he's, you know, talking about like, oh man, like, I can't believe these Dudes, are these dudes really that much better than me? I, I swear I got something. I'm saying some cool shit, you know? So you're kind of getting that, like, that little, you know what I'm saying? The the, the, the fighting against the odd spirit he's got going on. And then fucking Lupe, goddamn, yep. floats in over the track, blesses it, and then bounces off. <laughs> yeah, he's in and he's out, man. <laughs> oh, you've, man. You've got three star-studded features back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Adam Levine, Lupe Fiasco, and... And then Jamie Foxx, right? Jamie Foxx dating the track just a little bit. Yeah, because referencing I the Ray movie. <laughs> I remember when it came out being like, oh, huh. all right, you got Jamie Foxx. Like, literally, 
to sing as like we know what he's singing as right now, right? You we could have sampled Ray Charles, <laughs> but instead you brought in Jamie Foxx to do a Ray Charles impression. While the sample plays in the background. It's so weird. You didn't have to do that. I guess because it's like, hey, Jamie's a friend. I'm going to give him a payday. Get on this album and at the same time kind of promote your movie. And I remember this is such an interesting, like, Tempest in a Teapot of a song, right? Because it's like, you know, it's addressing these lyrics about like, you know, like, oh man, like the infamous lyric, you know, when he get on, he leave your ass for a white girl. Uh. I ain't saying she a gold digger, uh, but she ain't messing with no broke niggas. Uh, you know, the, remember that uh, we had talked a couple of years ago, like Nicki Minaj had brought up that lyric and people were trying to spin it like, oh, Nicki Minaj puts Kanye on blast or something like that. But it, it was really her just saying like, well, that song like spoke to a certain truth that a lot of black women feel about like, you know, uh, uh, relationships where it's like, oh yeah, like I'll, I'll be with this guy in the struggle. But then, you know, you look at so many celebrity, like famous black guys and they're with a lot of like either really light skinned or white women, you know what I'm saying? And so like, you know, there's an aspect of him actually speaking to a certain like truth in a way where it's like, in, in this way where it doesn't feel like it's actively glorifying it, you know what I mean? Like, it feels like he's illustrating the reality of this, because, like, you know, it starts off uh, sort of going through the perspective of, like, hey, I'm this guy, and, you know, I don't care what none of you guys say about how she had a baby with so-and-so, I still love her. And then kind of, like, you know, oh, as the verse goes on, what, he had this kid for 18 years, and on the 18th birthday, he found out it wasn't his? Oh, like, the you know, the plight of the man who's been cuckolded, you know, like, and that can feel a little awkward in saying, like, oh, are all women, like, this sort of thing. But then, in the third verse, it gives you that sort of switch. You were at a restaurant, and it, it, you couldn't pay, so y'all couldn't leave. And uh, there's dishes in the back. He, he had to roll up his sleeves. But then it says, like, but why you watching? Watch him. He gonna uh, make it to a Benz out of that Dotson. He got that ambition, baby. Look at his eyes. And so it's like, yeah, believe in your man because he's doing things in his, you know, with his life and he's really gonna make it. And it's like, oh, but is he really gonna, you know, give a shit about you when he gets on? You know, like bringing up these issues and having it in this mishmash thing where you have to, like, deal with the reality of this sexism and how. how it interplays in in the reality of the world. You know what I mean? Like, in how it's framed in the lyrics. It's kind of interesting to me. That's the thing about Kanye West. I mean, he's got, like, DeRay Davis, who's, like, a I think it was a comic view staple. You know, like, he's got that sort of level of jokiness to a lot of his songs sometimes. And... It, on a track like this, I think it was used to good effect to help illustrate the point of what's happening. You know what I'm saying? Because, yeah, that is such a line in the black community. Leave your ass for a white girl. You know, like, that's what we hear. And so for him saying it, like, him doing those mannerisms that are directly affiliated with these, like, jokes and references, that's what kind of, like, ingratiated him with the audience. You know what I'm saying? The fact that these smooth, silky beats, but he's saying these, like, kind of silly, joking things on it that are references to things. And whereas, in some aspects, I absolutely love it when he does it because it accents like you know the point of the song there are other songs on here man where the kanye-isms just get too fucking stupid like and i can't fucking take it and i hear the production that he uses that sounds fucking immaculate it sounds beautiful certain tracks where you hear the plinking beautiful gorgeous keys and all this shit and he's joking about like hey uh if you if that girl doesn't like me she must be gay like, are you fucking serious you got brandy singing on this track trying to sound all epic and shit uh, and, and you're singing all these yeah. goddamn goofy ass lyrics and it's just like what the fuck are you doing? Like, do you not hear how good this sounds? Do you not hear how you're fucking this up? You know? You mentioned Kanye and the references. There was a joke in 
Gold Digger that I never really caught until I was following the lyrics. And it's funny because I don't even think this was a thing by the time the song came out. But I'm looking for the one. Have you seen her? My psychic told me she'll have an ass like Serena, Trina, Jennifer Lopez, four kids, and I gotta take all they badass to showbiz? <laughs> Fucking showbiz pizza? Oh, I was thinking specifically like, oh, I gotta take them to the, the special events going on because, you know, I wanna be a good, you know, I wanna be the good stepdad, you know? Showbiz had the animatronic bear and the band. It was kind of like Chuck E. Cheese. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it was a thing by 2005. Like, I think they'd already closed all the showbiz pizzas down. So it felt like such a, a bit of an random... Yeah. yeah, it's a really weird, random reference for Kanye to bring up that it got, like, a genuine laugh out of me. Like, what the fuck? Bringing up showbiz pizza. Outside of that, yeah, I think... Heard him say, touch the sky, gold digger, fucking goddamn. Hit him and hit him and hit him and hit him and hit him. We're getting these fucking solid-ass features. Then you gotta bring Paul Wall into the mix. You know, I'ma say it, man. This, you were feeling the, the Iceman Paul Wall! Yeah, like, it made me, it reminded me how much he's actually, like, a solid groove of, a, like, a rapper at certain times. And when he's allowed to, like, just rap over slower stuff, it works more. Because when he got more famous, he started rapping over faster beats, and that's just not him. You know what I mean? And, like, he's really not saying shit in this verse, of course. But then when you hear the third guy who comes on, who's basically doing the same thing as Paul Wall, but with even less swagger, it's just like... Okay, well, then I can actually appreciate what he was doing. You know what I mean? Like, I, I actually appreciated GLC, whoever that is, more than uh, more than Paul Wall. Yeah, Paul Wall just had the presence, like that he's allowed to have when, when the, the when the uh, the beat is going slower. You know what I'm saying? And also, I think I just have residual like like again. He's one of those guys. As soon as he got big, it was just like, eh, I'm not really interested. But I always kind of had like that initial kind of like. Uh, uh, not like love for him, but just kind of like, oh yeah, he did that. He did a uh, that still tipping joint. Like that's a fucking Texas classic. So okay, he's uh, he's always kind of kind of have a little bit of credit just based on that alone. You know what I mean? And he fucked with a uh, chameleon early before he got big. So it's kind of like that. He, he just kind of has that sort of like respect glean just from all of that. You know what I mean? And apparently he's actually a solid dude. Like he's actually a cool guy. Oh okay. I thought <laughs> it was interesting that this cut also was on Paul Wall's album. Yeah, I saw that. And also, he he, uh, he is a white rapper on on today's show that has not used the N-word, so... Hey, look at that. <laughs> got that going for him. <laughs> Can we talk about the skits? Oh, my lord. These motherfuckers really goddamn wore out their welcome, didn't they? Goddamn, they thought this was the funniest goddamn thing. Dude, DeRay Davis, who is, you know, he's a name, but he's not like... Ugh. Is that like the favorite favorite like comic view guy? I get like I would have gone for like an Avion Crockett, you know what I mean? Like, but it's like okay, and the joke is just this one note joke of, oh, we started this fraternity of broke brothers, broke five broke, and at first it's funny because it catches you off guard. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, when I thought that. it was okay. Yeah, broke, 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 five broke. We ain't got it, broke, 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 broke. We ain't got it. <laughs> you know, like that was sort of jokey. And then the way it ended very abruptly, like the first skit got me just from how it ended so abruptly with him going like, and if she wants to step out with the other dude, that's fine with me because I'm not going to be able to pay for shit. <laughs> I thought it was weird that it came after Gold Digger because it was like, okay, we're talking about like being broke. It felt like it would be before Gold Digger, but then it ends with, because I can't afford a car. And then it's like, we ain't driving. And then it's then it goes into drive slow, so it's like, oh, is because it, you said driving. The joke of of this album having like the 
oh, we, you know, we broke and, you know, that's the, the joke of it. But then having the ultimate punchline be like, Kanye, come in here. You're, you're rich. You've got too much money. Get out Kanye of here. Kanye's not broke. <laughs> it's just like, uh, it doesn't really land. You know, it feels so much like a not as rich, uh, you know, C-tier comedian friend. I hired him to do some skits for me to ultimately play me up as the badass. You know what I mean? Like, it, 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 it gives me that energy of, uh, what was that one uh, bit uh, Dave Chappelle was talking about? Where he's like, you know, Snoop Dogg called me and he wanted me to do like a music video. And he's like, what do you want me to do for the music video? This is cool. Like, Snoop Dogg wants me to be in a video. This, this kicks ass. And he's like, well, you gonna be like this dude that, uh, you know, I walk in the club and I look all fresh and shit. But you walk in the club and you slip on some doo-doo and the doo-doo gets on <laughs> your face and you look like a loser and I just step <laughs> off with my now and lady gators on and looking all cool. He's like, why do, why do I gotta be the guy who steps and doo-doo? <laughs> it's just like the so like very basic level of like showing the high status character and the low status character like, oh, he's broke. So, you know, like th these guys are losers and, and the ultimate joke being like, Kanye just has too much, but like it's, it is really hard <laughs> to, to make the butt of the joke be, oh, but I'm so rich, and, ha and get a laugh out of that. <laughs> you know, you got to be Simpsons level of writing to, to try to work that into a joke that actually works. Because the only thing I'm ultimately thinking is, haha, I have more money than everyone else. Like, that's not a funny gag. <laughs> that's, that just makes people angry. <laughs> It feels like one of my favorite Lil Wayne cuts. I referenced it before. Thank God it was just a dream. <laughs> God, I dreamt I was broke. Oh, I was in this fraternity of broke brothers. Thank God it was just a dream. <laughs> but then I got money and they couldn't handle it. It's just like, it's so sour of like a joke to end on, you know? I thought it was funny. Someone actually uh, tweeted in the week leading up to the review that, um, who would have guessed that, that Kanye would have predicted Among Us? There's an imposter among us. <laughs> See, there, there were bits of the skit that did make me laugh, you know, but like I said, it, it fucking wears out its welcome. Like, it didn't need to be four times. That's no. the thing. If, if it was just like, the one time is the setup, and then later you and get the, the punchline. Right. But then wh why is it that in the fourth one... They bring Kanye in, and it's not Kanye talking. Like, who yeah, is that? Clearly, him talking the uh, the deranged talking to himself. What the fuck? <laughs> so it how even work? could you not get Kanye in the cut? Why? Yeah, it was just it was weird. <laughs> that would have been funny to hear Kanye be like, "Oh shit, okay, I, yeah, I guess we'll just go over here." It would have actually made it more direct of him, like yeah. actually feeling ashamed that he has money. You know, like, oh, uh, well, you know, I was just. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just got a couple grand from the from, from Jay Z. I mean, you know, it's just an advance. I mean, you know, like <laughs> the skits are bad. You hate the meandering. Skits. I don't like the skits. You're right, man. We just talked about Common too, <laughs> and how Kanye likes to put Common on a cut. He gives him a song of his oh, own, solo track. And dude, uh, th this is the fucking Common that I was anticipating on that goddamn album. Yeah, yeah. It's it's better than 90% of Resurrection. Holy crap. Like, dude, what the fuck? If you just played this song and just said it was Resurrection, it would have been a better idea. Yeah, I thought it was all right. Just lie to me and say that this was your second album because <laughs> this does so much in like barely two minutes like than anything that happens in the Resurrection Isle other than like the first two tracks or something like that. But yeah, I just couldn't believe it. Like it had that moment of like, oh, right, comments. Okay, he's, he is capable of shit. I wasn't just imagining this. <laughs> 
And then we get the game on crack music. We got some conscious hip-hop from Kanye. I don't think he, uh, does the game actually get a verse, though? I think he might do the hook. Yeah, but I still appreciated, like, his, like, the game's, like, uh, input into the track. Because when he just says, like, like, it's that crack music, nigga. That real black music, nigga. Like, the way they both say it is so, like, just cuts into you with how they're saying it you know what i mean that it's just like holy fuck and then with the beat behind him that's so smooth with the la 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 it's very rolling rotating sort of beat that like it just sounds like this half remembered melody of this song that like you know you know what i mean like it, it gives off that vibe of like this sounds like some melody from some song that might actually be from like two other songs and i can't remember which one it was so i'm just kind of singing the melody as it goes and you just hear the la 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 it was so fucking cool sounding when I heard it happening and unfolding, you know what I mean, for the first time. And it's kind of got like that marching beat oh, yeah, the under br- it. Br- 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's such a strong cut. And the fucking lyrics when he starts off, like, uh, so how we stop the Black Panthers? Hmm, Ronald Reagan cooked up an answer. <laughs> and then, you, and like right after that, you hear the la 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 la. It just like just accentuates the fucking point, you know? You just see Kanye giving like a mm, look at the camera. <laughs> there you know. go. We know. Mm. Yeah, it's so in your face, man. Who gave Saddam anthrax? George Bush, I, I bet, got the answers. La, 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 <laughs> la. <laughs> it just affects you so well, you know what I mean? Yeah. Shorty come home and see his mama straight overdosing. And it's the soundtrack. It's the type of music that you make when you round that. It's just like, oh, oh, it just hits you when the fucking dude who talks at the end. God damn. Mm. Oh, my fucking God. Yeah, that, that's a fucking flawless victory of a track. <laughs> then we got Roses. Another strong cut, I thought. Yes, with the touches of Patti LaBelle and uh, Bill Withers on the hook. Ooh, they're just like, they come in just like ever so slightly every now. Their vocals are just like fucking peppered. You know what I mean? Like you could tell they're totally like, sing, oh, don't sing too loud though. Just give them, the, give them that low energy, but that still has that intensity to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah, fucking Kanye comes in with lyrics. He's like, uh, if Magic Johnson got a cure for AIDS and all them broke motherfuckers passed away, you telling me if my grandma's in the NBA right now, she'd be okay? But see, she was just a secretary, worked for the church for 35 years, think shit's supposed to stop right here? It's just like, oh God. Just cuts you deep, man. And I'm just thinking like track after track, he is fucking batting these goddamn things out. <laughs> you know what I mean? I think this is where it kind of takes a little bit of a dip though for me yep. is with... Bring Me Down, and Addiction. Yeah. Not the strongest cuts, in my opinion. I enjoyed Addiction enough, but yeah, Bring Me Down was like, again, a beautiful, glorious beat happening. And then what the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Uh, like, I thought the beat on Addiction was dope, too, but it's so fucking long. Yeah, for what it is, yeah, and it's not worth it, yeah. Some of these tracks, man, you could have cut these down. Like, Hey Mama, that mm. could have been shorter. Like, I thought that was a very sweet track also, but it just goes on and on and on. Yeah. I'm just coming to terms that I just don't think I'm a fan of Brandy, man. <laughs> Hater. Hater the Haitians from Hateville. <laughs> Heard her on the Todrick cut, wasn't really feeling it. Heard her on this cut, wasn't really feeling it. I don't know. It might just be me. Heard her on the song with Monique is like, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the I thing. don't understand this plot line. This makes no sense. Why are you fighting over one guy? As soon as you found out he's cheating on both of you, you should have just left it. What the fuck are you doing? 
That's the thing. I didn't really grow up listening to the R and B too much, so I don't really have a lot of uh, exposure well, to Brandy, yeah, yeah. Monica, and all that biz. Diamonds from Sierra Leone remix, oh, though. We gotta talk about this. <laughs> okay, so. I remember first hearing this song and the fucking beat. You know what I'm saying? You hear that fucking diamonds offer it. Oh, shit. He sampled the 007. Oh, shit. Yeah. He makes it sound so... Diamonds offer Oh, shit. I'm all right. This is going on the fucking workout playlist. I'm feeling this shit. But hold on a second. We got a fucking verse for your ass. We got, we're going to be talking about some real shit. And this, yeah. song, oh, you, this song's called Diamond from, uh, Diamond from Sierra Leone. But I'm actually going to be talking about it. But here's the interesting thing. The original version that you hear later on, uh, on the album, yeah, that was the first version where it didn't have Jay-Z. And it was just him kind of like bragging about Rock Love Familia. And just saying like, yeah, we're the shit and we're awesome. And what's those fucking lyrics? Where uh, it's like, oh, if you're stripping named Porsche and you got tips from many men, then your fat friend, her name is Minnie Van. It's like, oh, those Kanye-isms. And I remember first hearing the song and being like, okay, this is an epic sort of beat, but he's not really saying anything on it. Then Lupe Fiasco did a remix for his uh, um, uh, mixtape that he had done at the time, one of the first and 15th mixtapes. And he had remixed this song and uh, made a song called Conflict Diamonds that had talked more about the actual, like, specifics of, like, oh, "Oh, yeah, this is where these things come from and all that. And he laid it out so, like, exquisitely. And I remember hearing it because they played it on the radio. And I was like, holy shit, this is so fucking cool. Uh, You know, uh, Kanye's label mate, like, the dude that I'm really more into, Louis Fiasco, he's putting out, like, remixes of this shit. This is so cool. And then I remember there being, like, a period where, like, Kanye West was like, uh, uh, yeah, that was what I wanted to do the whole time. So he got him, like, four. Or the remix of the song, and I remember there being like a short period where there was like his new verse where he had actually talked about some shit, but then I was never actually able to find it. And then later on, I had found this version that's now on the album where it's like the first verse and a half he's saying, Oh man, armless children are responsible for you know the diamonds that were rocking, we should think twice about that. And then by halfway through the verse, it's like but anyways, uh, Jay-Z's Rock La Familia will be around forever, and let's think about how awesome that is. And it's just like, uh, um, but you brought up the, the armless children, and, and am I just supposed to not think about that now? <laughs> this remix and the original are fucking weird, and having them both on here is baffling. Yeah, because it's like, it's a weird admission that like, oh yeah, my original version didn't really address it, and now, and now I finally did a remix that did, but I didn't really carry it all the way through, because if I did carry it all the way through, I, I would look really bad still wearing these diamond chains. <laughs> We get hit with a much inferior version, the original version later on, that you might as well have just scrapped entirely. Basically. So fucking... It's it's so amazing how you went from a song that was actually talking about some real shit to a song that is me, 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 I'm the fucking shit, what the fuck, I'm not getting what I deserve, me, 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 it's like, oh my fucking god! But what's really funny about the the remix, too, it's just this line that's from the original where Kanye goes like, Hey, you and Jay all right? And then Jay literally interrupts on this remix and just goes, Yup! And then just, he takes over. And it's like, well, you've heard enough from Kanye. It's the Jay-Z show now. And he doesn't carry on talking about that real shit. It's still alright, but he definitely does take the song into a different direction. But when you hear the original version, you realize something that 
you weren't getting with the remix that I really didn't miss. How much more you hear of the forever, forever, ever, forever, ever, 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 ever. Like, oh my god, he does it so fucking much on the original. You only yeah. get it about half as much on the remix, but it's like, oh my god, I do not need it that much. Stop it. Little was known as Sierra Leone and how it connects to the diamonds we own. When I speak of diamonds in this song, I ain't talking about the ones that be gone. I'm talking about Rockefeller, my home, my chain. He's like, wait, wait a minute. I thought you were talking about the diamonds. What? <laughs> now you're just talking about specific? Because like later on, there's a lyric, and I, and I, I feel like people try to uh, bail him out. Uh, uh, with one lyric that came that comes out a little awkward. People asking me is I'm gonna give my chain back. That'll be the same day I give the game back. And it's just like, oh, uh, <laughs> oh no. What people are saying is that oh, when he said that line, what he was referring to is Dame Dash and how like oh he's rocking with Jay Z. He's not gonna give the chain back to that guy. And it's like okay, but you started the song by talking about armless children, and then you said a line where you said, "Am I gonna give my chain back?" <laughs> oh, never. <laughs> you know, and it's just like, and as the verse goes on, he goes like, oh, you know the question, uh, where Dame at? This track, the Indian dance, that's gonna bring our rain back. What's up with you and Jay, man? Are y'all okay, man? And yeah, that's where it starts going like, uh, yeah, uh, Jay-Z, I think I'm gonna come in and talk about how I'm a businessman. And, uh, yeah, I'm not a businessman. I'm a businessman. Uh. Where where he reassures that, oh, uh, Kanye, uh, Jay-Z's out of retirement and he's ready to floss on these niggas once more. So don't worry, the Rock La Familia will be around forever with all the uh, nameless artists that you'll still know and love, like, uh, um, uh, uh, P, 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 uh, 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 Oh man, kids are, you know, kids are having to die for these conflict diamonds. But I'm not giving mine back because I'm loyal to this guy. Because it's important for me to have my chain. It's like, well, yeah, this is probably the same fucking, you know, uh, uh, wishy-washy uh, excuses that everyone makes for why they should still have their yeah. diamonds after they learn about it. Why it's fucked up. You know, no, 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 it's important for me to have this because, you know, it's important to the market and to continue the, you know what I mean? Like Then we got the seven and a half minute we major. Oh man! It it does not need to be that long. What the fuck are y'all doing? And it's so like purposely trying to sound like. Is that the one? Um, oh no, that's a later one. That's a later one. We made. I can't even remember. Uh, the hook. Yeah, it was kind of. Eh, I thought it was just the first verse, but then when he does the, I want to fuck in the book. When that repeats, I was just like, oh, did this need to get repeated? Yeah, fucking <laughs> really though. Uh. Yeah, they play that way too many times. It fucking pads up a lot of the track. And you get a false ending at 5 minutes and 20 seconds where it fades <laughs> out. <laughs> and then Kanye is like, nah, bring that shit back in. And then he literally does nothing with it. Like, <laughs> he rambles for a bit. He shouts out some people. And that's it. For, like, two minutes. Like, just nothing with it. Why bring the beat back if you're not even going to, like, do another verse? I don't know. It had... It felt like this is the last track on the album. Yeah. I gotta thank the people that helped me get here. Because it's basically what he does. Why would you do that when there's, like, six more songs left? I don't get it. 
Yeah, I don't know. He has a habit of doing this. Cause in one of his albums, the third, the uh, I think it was a uh, what was the album with the song Thirty Hours. It's like, oh, this is a song that you just write out to at the end where you like check your phone and shit and all this shit. And you're just driving, and then there's like five more tracks left. I was like, I, well, we can't do that now because did you not see where you put this track? Like, what the fuck? Like, you could have put it at the end. Like, no one was stopping you from doing that. I think this might be the worst track. What celebration? Oh my lord! Again, the beat, super silky beat. Just to, I guess, make you not think about the dumb shit he's saying on this track. <laughs> Look, I really like the beat and the instrumental, but see, you know my style. I'm very wild, <laughs> and I vow that my child will be very well endowed, <laughs> like his daddy, and tell him and tell him that your mama had a fatty. Oh he looked up at me and said, "Daddy, that's the reason why you had me." Oh. Yep. We was practicing till one day your ass burst through the packaging. <laughs> that shit sucks, Kanye. What the Get fuck? that shit. That's so fucking whack. No. And then, oh, what does it say afterwards? You know what, though? You're my favorite accident. So go ahead, pop some Cristal for my new boy. Get these fucking Drake's dead, oh. deadbeat bad lyrics <laughs> out of here. Oh, that's the only, the only dead beats the beat that I'm... Re- anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Stop shit. it. That was so fucking bad. This is like, oh. what are you doing? Like, your kids are going to hear this, man. <laughs> And then, you know, honestly, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Um, I didn't really need most of the rest of the album. I thought no. Gone Gone was okay oh my uh, God. with Consequence and Cameron. It, it, but it had that beat work that's so trying to be like, oh, respectable hip-hop because we're putting a bit of classical twist in uh... it with the cellos. But it's so like that Spike Lee's dad uh, orchestrating his movie music where the music oh. is just too much and it feels like it's chewing up the scenery. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and it's just so, like, weirdly epic for what, like, uh, Cameron is saying, which is, like, not that much. Like, it's not like you're saying some epic ghost face killer poetry shit, you know? Yeah, it's funny. Uh, All three rappers have a different take on it. So you got the first verse. Cameron is rapping about an ex who's gone because she left. Right. Consequence is rapping about going away to jail, like, I'm gone. But he keeps using gone, and I realized that, and I was like, what the fuck is he doing? Because at one point he goes like, oh, I written gone with the wind, because like, he gone, but like, you didn't fucking write gone with the wind. No, you didn't. You did not watch Gone with the Wind. <laughs> that four-hour-ass racist-ass movie. There's no way you just rented that in a hotel. <laughs> you know, Darren, there used to be a show. <laughs> and... <Damn> it. <laughs> And when, the, <laughs> and when the gong gong, you was gone. Might as well just bring it up. <laughs> this is what I'm saying, though, that this was kind of a misstep. Uh, I went ahead. I bought Graduation after we reviewed it. Um, I've got a copy of College Dropout. I've even got a copy of my beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. I'm not going to be picking up late registration. I don't think it's worth buying. Um, it's got a couple really strong cuts up front and a few sprinkled throughout. Um, but overall, I only came out with a three and a half. I give it the four. 
because... Oh, I was just going to say, no way, five. Oh, no, no, no. No <laughs> fucking way. <laughs> not with the skits. Not with my baby's going to have a big dick. Get that shit out of here. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, sir. <laughs> that alone is going to take at least a point away. <laughs> but yeah, like, there's solid enough material here, and there's enough, like, introspective uh, stuff mixed with jokes that it makes it a solid enough listen to me. But then, like, there's one or two tracks where it just spills over, and it's just like, now this is just about your ego and all the corny jokes you want to make, and this isn't as fun. At, but you're specifically doing it over this really silky beat, and it feels like you're kind of insulting the beat that you made in order to do this, you know? Like, he feels like one of those guys that, like, you need to... And I hate this because, like, it's not like he hasn't made good music on his own, right? Like, with his lyrics and all that stuff. But it really is that, like, RZA feeling I get where it's just like, you know how to make great music for other people. But when it's you, you just get in your own way with how you think you are just so goddamn funny with these references sometimes, you know? But that about does it for this week's episode of Going Off. Big, big thanks to everyone who checked us out this week and the folks that requested the albums to be reviewed. If you want to request an album... You know those spots are limited, but we're still going to be taking a few more. Head on over to Kofi, that is ko-fi.com slash going off. That's G-O-I-N-O-F-F. Uh, all of our old episodes are on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and SoundCloud. So one of those is bound to work for you. Yeah, I put a, a playlist of a whole bunch of the most recent episodes on my main YouTube page, so people could like, oh, nice. have it right there. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I'm always trying to figure out, like, how the heck do I make it so that people can see it? You know what I mean? And yeah, so that's what one way I've been uh, doing things. So it's like, oh yeah, you can check out the new videos, and oh boom, there's the going off podcast and the review a new podcast, like right next to each other playlist, so you can just go through them at your leisure. You know, we got a whole lot of stuff going on. You can support us on our individual Patreons, Kofi's. There's lots of ways you can show your support. You can subscribe to us on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, follow us on Twitter. We got our link trees in the description, so you can find all of our socials, all our links. That's you can right. find out when Darren is uh, streaming on Twitch, or when I've got a new YouTube video up, a new Riffcoms, new Riff Break, or when RC's got a new RC episode up. We're always doing shit, man. Don't miss out. We on the, we on the grind out here. Don't 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 miss it. Or come back a couple of weeks later when we've made more stuff, and then you can, like, dig through that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, And then binge. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. As long as you get it eventually. <laughs> that's all that matters, I guess. Uh, but until next week for Going Off, I'm Muse. I'm Rap Critic. And take a closer look, you scary motherfuckers. Don't watch Accolade and look like your little brother. Pumpkins off of bitches. I like my shit instead. Cause every devil's night we carve in somebody's head. When my meat clean with chops heads fall to the floor. Fuck buying pumpkins at the grocery store.